welcome to The Truth Simply Put, the teaching broadcast vehicle of the Basilea Commission. On today's teaching by Alexander Victor, God's Word, rightly divided in the light of Christ, who is the central theme of the entire scriptures, will come with simplicity, precision, clarity, and power to instruct, admonish, edify, and build you up into the full measure of the stature of Christ. Now, let's dive straight in. Sonship consciousness is in remembering or in not getting caught up in our sonship that we forget his fatherhood. Do you hear what I said? Part of sonship consciousness is that you don't get caught up in your sonship. You know, a lot of New Testament believers, people who have heard the gospel, have settled in the complacency that comes from forgetting that your, spon- your sonship is sponsored by a father. Without whom you are absolutely nothing. So for the sonship conscious believer, you never find yourself walking in any divine familiarity for one day in your life. Look at how amazing you are. Look at how righteous you are. You can never be any more righteous than you are now. You realize that? You can never be more forgiven than you are now can never be any more justified than you are now. And your eternity as you are like this is guaranteed by God. So basically right now, in a promissory sense, in a positional sense, you are eternal. And you see, that's why the doctrine of hell makes no sense. Because if somebody can be in hell forever, it means he also has the quality of eternal life. No, both of us cannot live forever. Hear carefully. Jesus did not come offering eternal escape. Jesus did not come offering two types of eternity. He says, I came to give eternal life. So there's either eternal life that Jesus is giving or there is no life. Eternal life is not the alternative to something else. He came to give them life. Eternal. Abundant. Everlasting. So what Jesus is giving you. Is what doesn't exist. He didn't come to give you two kinds of eternity. Choose one. Which is religion's message. Because it will mean the, the quality 
of the sinner who is eternally burning in hell is the exact same quality as God. The sinner is just using his to suffer. And at this point, I'm not interested in their suffering. I'm interested in the fact that we both can live as God. Both of us can live exactly as God. So both of us will live as long as God will live. Then honestly, it matters not where I'm living it. Because it's the God kind of life. Do you see that now? Does scripture agree with what I've just said? That Jesus did not come to give two kinds of life? There was Joshua as a foreshadowing that said, I said before you life and death. Choose life. That you will live. And even after you choose life, you can't live. Because the life you were choosing was the life of the old covenant. That's why the tree of life gave life. The tree of knowledge of good and evil gave death. But it was called the tree of knowledge of good. And it gave death. In other words, the tree of, the tree of knowledge of good and evil was the tree of evil. What good came out of it? But what did the evil trigger? Good. What is the good? Salvation. That's why I told you, he knew where you would eat. So he put the medicine you needed. But if it's a matter of knowing, they didn't know good. Came into evil. Sin which brought death. Which brought life. Sin which brought death, which brought life. Because Romans 5 says, But the free gift that comes from many trespasses. <laughs> it says, The one disobedience brought death to many. But the free gift is not like the offense. Because for the free gift, many offenses brought life by one. So what you have is eternal life. It's not one type of eternal life. Such that if you reject Jesus, you now get the other type of eternal life. That's why those whose names are not found are cast into the lake of fire with death and Hades, hell. Death and hell are cast into the lake of fire and the lake of fire goes extinct with the old earth and the old heaven that religious people are trying to make. Because Revelation 21 says, I saw a new heaven and new earth for the former one had passed away. And then there was no more sea. Why was there no more sea? Because in chapter 20, it says the sea gave up the dead that were in it. So there was no more need for the sea. That means the sea in God's judgment agenda was only as important as the dead in it. 
once the sea gave up the dead in it. There was no more sea. So when everything is finished and the earth wraps away, there's nobody outside Christ that will live forever. Anybody outside Christ living forever is an insult to eternal life. Anybody able to live outside, it doesn't matter. Honestly, it doesn't matter how you spend it. You understand? I'm not interested in what you are doing with it. If you can live eternally outside what Jesus came to do, it's an insult to what Jesus came to do. Come that he may have life. So what was Jesus offering? And how do I put this now for the simplest of terms? He came to offer what begins when what you already had ends. He came to give you a quality of life that starts after the life you already had ends. Because you see, when, when will we start to enjoy the fullness of eternal life? After this life. This natural earthly life, you already had it. So he came to give you what if you didn't have is the end of your life as you know it. Jesus did not teach that when you die, you continue living in two formats. Jesus didn't teach that. The apostles didn't teach that. The epistles are silent on that. You died outside Christ. You were terminated. Waiting to be terminated. Do you understand? So basically, here's, here's the thing. I will teach this another day. But someone outside Christ who didn't accept Christ's life, which continues your life. It's not God judging. So now when we start to teach universalism, we say, oh, God is going to kill people. God is too loving to condemn people. He's not condemning anybody. It's just a human thing to stop existing when you die. So the sorting process that will happen at the judgment seat of God is the sorting of those that have received the ability to continue. And those who rejected him, the ability to continue. It's not not your sin. It's not your iniquity. It's not, it's none of those. Jesus paid for it. So the, what happens at that judgment is really a sorting who is continuing into the God life. Who is not. Right, for you guys, it's the end of the road. Because it is appointed unto men once. And after that judgment, judgment for what? Not for works. Works will not determine where you're going. Judgment is determining your sorting. And you continue, you know, this is the end of the road for you. So it's the end of the road for you. Go here. And then all the end of the road comes to the end of the road. And it is God being just. Not unfair. Because a human being will die. 
read scriptures and he slept with his fathers. So and so lived for many years, had husbands and children and wives, and slept with his fathers. That's the journey of life. So what happens to the unbeliever who has not received? He sleeps and he comes to the end of the road. When he, at the judgment of the, Jesus, when it is sorted, you ended now. This was the difference between Paul and us when Paul was saying, rather us and them, when Paul was saying, if only in this life we have hope, if this life is all there is to us. He wasn't saying if you live eternally, you were born, born, born. He said if the hope you have in Christ is only in this life, can you miserable? So what was what was resurrection? Giving you a life you continue in the God standard forever, after and beyond this life, which is what those that don't believe will not have. Straightforward. This is why the wise man will say that if this is all there is to live in, let us eat and drink for tomorrow. Meaning it is the He wasn't saying let's eat and drink for tomorrow we'll go to hell. He would not have said that if he was referring to dying and continuing in hell. When he said let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. He was referring to finality. That for the man outside Christ, when you die that's the end. Like animals. The man, man is not an immortal soul. No, no, no. Man is not an immortal soul. He should be a human being. <laughs> not an immortal soul. God did not give you what can last forever. No, that's what Jesus gave you. Do you understand? No. As a living soul, aging, what you were given is just life. Biological life, normal life, is not what will last forever. That's why Jesus had to come. To then give you what can then last forever. Does that make sense? So outside Jesus, this is all the life you have. and drink for tomorrow you die scripture has been very clear the twisting came later the twisting came later the twisting actually began to come when men wanted to control men like how they sat down and discussed to bring back tithing they sat down and they realized you know, the churches will not survive if we upload tithing so let us let's bring it Let's reintroduce it as a way of keeping the church running. Why don't you just call it a church administration fee? That's why there's nobody, nobody, nobody that can defend tithe in the New Testament in a straight line. Nobody. No, nobody in the world, I dare you. Some arguments I don't make. You cannot defend tithe now in a straight line. You start from Matthew 23, 23, branch here. Said Jesus mentioned tithe, but he didn't teach it. He said you pay tithe on mint and cumin, which were spices. 
and you ignore the weightier matters of the law because at that time the law was in force. Jesus was born under the law. Galatians 4 4. You now branch and say, Melchizedek. <laughs> you know, we branch here, then come out. Then branch Matthew 6. I did not come to abolish the law. <laughs> My ministry secret is I stick with the gospel to the measure that scriptures can explain in a straight line. Hey, Jesus, first of all, straight line, they shall lay hands on the sick, shall recover. It's very straight. No need for SCGs. No need to branch left, branch right. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall. Acts 6, 7. Choose seven men among you. Let's do tables. And when they brought them and prayed, laid hands on them, commissioned them as deacons. Acts 13. When they had prayed, fasted, waited on the Lord, and ministered to the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke, separate from me, Saul and Barnabas, for the work I've called them. And when the church prayed over them, they laid hands on them and set them forth. Is any one of you among you sick? Let him call for the elders, and they shall lay hands on him, anointing him. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Then the third one, well, stir up the gift of God that's on your inside by the laying on of hands of the eldership, stirring up the gift of God in the inside. You have not received the Holy Spirit. We haven't so much as heard of the Holy Spirit. And they laid hands on them and activated a transfer of the Spirit, straight line. So if I want to minister the Spirit to somebody, I don't need to think twice. I lay hands. Everybody that has come to me and say, you're not feeling very well. My hand, before you are talking, my hand is already there. On your head, on your tummy, whatever. I've laid hands on people for, for, for healing that I have not laid hands on for consecration or for commissioning. Because when that hand comes upon you, you will tell the difference. <laughs> you tell. The same hand comes upon you for healing six times a month. <laughs> same hand will rest upon you, calling the depth of your ministry, you will tell the difference. That's straight line. Prophesying and laying hands, it's not straight. Word of knowledge and laying hands, it's not straight. You are going for interview, to, for job or exam, and laying hands. Is it right? Is it wrong? I don't know, but it's not straight. So me, me, Alexander Victor, I practice the New Testament in a straight line. I don't, if I have to sit down and explain how to explain what I'm doing, I, I should not be doing it. Do you understand? I have to think up an explanation for what I'm doing. Then think up an explanation for the explanation of what I'm doing. Not straight. I don't do great. In any shade. So you have to go left, go right, enter here, enter your nose. If it's the New Testament, it's the New Testament. Because you can kill somebody and use scripture to explain it. Then you go back to what I'm saying. So you are eternal in a promissory sense. In the sense that you have received what you will receive. 
Therefore, you will receive what you have received. Does that make sense? You receive what you have received. You have received what you will receive. So you are eternal. You can say that. Because of the assurance of the seal. Plus the deposit of the Holy Spirit. And because it's a non-revocable thing, you know that there's no chance at which God will take his spirit from you. That's the difference between you and David. So that's why then we could pray, take not your Holy Spirit. Because he didn't have it. So what you received as your deposit is God. Hebrews describes him like this. That by two immutable things, for which it is impossible, not, well, barring exceptional circumstances, it is. And those two things, in the context of Hebrews, are his promise, or his word, and his oath. What binds him to the word he has given? And that's what the Holy Spirit does in him. It's a seal, guarantee. He binds God to what God has said he will do. So because you have that bond, you can rest in the fact that what he has said you will have, you can rest in the fact that you have it. And you can live as such now. Does that make sense? Like the example I gave you about the child that has a trust. Waiting until they are 18. Trust me. All of this makes you an exceptional person. Amazing person. Incredible person. Extraordinary. You're not normal. The problem is, however, if you get stuck in who you have become and lose sight of him who made you who you have become. I said all this to paint a picture and let you know that as extraordinary as you are, somebody's responsible for you. And you are very Colossally foolish. If you get caught up in your extraordinariness and forget the sponsor, don't try with God what you do with somebody that was a blessing to you and now you feel like you don't need them anymore. With God, the consequences are very dear, very costly. can't be running in sonship and lose sight of his fatherhood which necessitates and facilitates sonship. You are a son because he's a father. You know, most times we want to cut God and God wants to discipline you, you are angry. Because you are now a son of the spirit. <laughs> spirit of who? You want to do something and you're not praying. 
you're not seeking counsel from the Spirit because you have the mind of God. You forget that it's not you that searches all things. First Corinthians, it's the Spirit. <laughs> so no matter how deep you are, the Spirit will never hand over the searching Spirit searches the things. He, the deep things. It's the spirit that is the search engine. So you now feel like, ah, I am, let me use the northern accent, machua. And now machua. You can now know you need the Google of God. The Holy Spirit is the Google of God. He does the searching. So you get to the point where you feel like you don't need the Holy Spirit anymore. You are son of God. Well done. You can't despise or neglect the fatherhood of God because you are enjoying sonship from God. Now this is how sons retain their wonder. This is how sons never lose their wonder. This is how sons worship with ease. He's our father. That means he's seniors. Don't get it twisted. Thou, O Lord, Psalm 19, verse 1, have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains, before the mountains were brought forth, or before you formed the earth and the world, from everlasting. Never started. You once a year, we can't hear what because you, of when you started. Somebody that did not start is not fretting, it's just going. Just going. It's the same yeah, as his character you are imitating. The same yesterday to left. You that you're supposed to be imitating him. Your thanksgiving for your birthday is different. You are a hypocrite. If you are grateful any differently. On the anniversary of the day you were born, you are a hypocrite. You are not a believer. Because scripture in a straight line says, Give him thanks always. That's scripture in a straight line. Again, you will have to corner and corner to show us why you are especially thankful on your birthday. No straight line in the entire scriptures can justify it. No straight line in the entire scripture. Now I know you. You see, the truth of the matter is believers. And that's why I haven't started teaching some things. You are too sentimental. And then, when we tell you you are sentimental, because you are sentimental, you refuse to believe that you are sentimental. And then you become a joke. Because it's sentimentalism that is enabling you to not believe that you are sentimental. Do you understand? When we say your emotions, you say, no, it's not my emotions. It's not, that, it's not your emotions. I tell you, it's not your emotions. Duh. <laughs> so for me, I just, I don't bother myself about some things. The church is too sentimental to be absolutely truthful. The church is too sentimental to be what? Absolutely. Or truthful in a straight line. 
we're not ready for it. So there are some prayers we still pray because we're not ready for it. There are some practices and rituals we still do because we're not ready for it. There are some offerings we still take because we're not ready for it. There are some festivals we still observe in clear defiance to what Paul says in Colossians 2. So these things were a shadow of what was to come. The substance of which is Christ. In clear defiance. Ah, Sunday is a holy day. In clear defiance. Romans 14 says one person sees all days alike. So if you decide for your own to be Sunday, fine. But don't make me feel like an idiot because I worship and sound and dress the same way every day. I don't serve God more differently than on another because I'm father conscious beyond just son conscious because that's how your sonship will puff you up and land you in a ditch you and your righteousness you can be an accident waiting to happen If you lose sense of your consciousness of his fatherhood. Your father, you are not needs. That's why he's your father, your progenitor. He brought you about. And so that's why I am I'm, I'm sensitive to his presence. I'm sensitive to his leading. I'm sensitive to his move every time. I can say it authoritatively. I don't miss a move of the spirit. You don't disrespect my father. In a gathering of his children, I don't have to be anything. I will take over and respect and represent him in a straight line. And I don't need your microphone to do it. Just be behind and start praying the Spirit. That's all. By the time you see us praying the Spirit, then you need to ask yourself, is there something spiritual happening that I'm not aware of? Yeah, I know. See, I, I'm not your mate. <laughs> you now start to search. What? <laughs> okay. Okay, me too. Let me, let me pray in the Spirit. It may not look like. <laughs> and then the Holy Ghost gets the atmosphere that he needs. This one. Don't drag for power. Don't drag. Jesus said, Jesus, straight line. When you get to an event, Jesus. He said, when you get there, do not carry yourself. That's in Matthew. Do not carry yourself to the front. Is that not what he says? Where's Danny? If you're in a banquet. He said, let the head of the banquet bring you. And me, when I say imitate, I mean it. I'm never going to try cutting corners. I do what I see Jesus do. What I see the apostles do, period, or die trying, because dying is gain. Living is Christ. Dying, it's not. It some of us you can't scare us with death. That's what Jesus said. So because of what Jesus said, I am not pastor enough to enter a meeting. And feel like because I am pastor, you must take me to the front. 
not pastor enough. But I am son enough to sit where I am told. Because that's how you do. You know, most pride is humility disguised. Or the other way around, most humility is pride disguised. So you come in and they only sit you and say, oh, okay, let me, let me sit here. Let me, let me, let me sit here. Let me. I've already drawn the attention of everybody to yourself. In the name of humility, you're proud. Your place. Listen, the believer is just not conscious. That's the problem. Nobody wants to practice what they want to believe. They're fraud. Pastor, fraud. Singer, fraud. You don't want to practice, and the practice of the gospel is in a straight line. Once your emotions are dead. James then goes on and says that if somebody comes into your gathering and you size up what they're wearing and you give them a choice seat, James asks, he says, what have you done? And then somebody comes in who appears to be lowly and then you take them to the obscure seat. So I'm mindful of that. Because the practice of the gospel is straightforward. You can't be so caught up in your sonship that you lose sight of his fatherhood. You must be conscious of his fatherhood in spite of your sonship. There's no time that your sonship enables you to disrespect his fatherhood. And a lot of us are like that because we are not conscious of God as father. Because you and Jesus are brothers. When Jesus is conscious of his father. I do not do my own will. I do the will of my father. I must walk the walk of him who sent me. While he's day. My father is greater than all. And he lifted up and he gave thanks. You constantly see him conscious of the father. Sonship. Uh, simply put, sonship is father consciousness. Sonship is father consciousness. Be conscious that you did not son yourself. Somebody fathered you. Act like a bastard. Somebody is. Your father. And you know what I'm realizing as a pastor? That the most people that disrespect me as a pastor have disrespected their heavenly father first. Yes. You know, because you know it's how quickly we go from fearing God to being cool with God. Because you know in religion days, <laughs> you, you know. Grace brought you out of that. You forgot that he is your father. No, grace didn't deliver you to disrespect God. On the contrary, grace enables you to honor him. Because now you are conscious of him as father. And 
father that loves you to the uttermost, why would you dishonor such a father if you are indeed his son? What has God done to you wrong to dishonor him? We're worshiping, you won't worship. We're singing, you won't sing. We're giving, you won't give. Puff can speak all he likes. Your conscience is not responding. What is your father? So if you dishonor the church, it's because you dishonored the head of the church first. If you're not giving in church, anybody else that is enjoying benefits from you is getting a dangerous side of you. If you're nicer outside church than you are in church, False. You're false. You're not father conscious. Your sonship is father consciousness. Your conscience is my father. And he's a good father. He is. And he's deserving of all our worship. He is. He's deserving of all our devotion. All our affection. Everything that we have and are is His. For from you are all things. And to you are all things. You deserve the glory. For from you are all things and to you are all things you deserve say it again from the depth of your heart with all meaning for from you are all things and to you are you deserve from you are all things for to you you deserve for from you are all things and to son. That's what he said in Revelation 4. Thou art worthy, O God, worthy to receive glory, honor, and power for thou art created. I think it's 411. All things for thy pleasure. <laughs> for your pleasure they are. And for your pleasure, they were created. All things. Amen. 
minos ki paporini. All things for his pleasure. They are and were created. That includes this thing. Created for his pleasure. For his pleasure. To bring him the praise that he deserves. And my entire life brings him glory. My entire life pleases him. Because he created me for his pleasure. I am and was created. Colossians 1 17, I believe. 15 starts saying he is the image of the invisible God. 17 of oh, so is it not before it? Is it 17 or 14? Yes. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. See verse 16. 16. For by him were all things created that are in the heaven, that are in the earth, visible and invisible, <laughs> whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. You are possessor of the heavens, possessor of the earth, Lord, you are holy. Great and mighty, Lord of all heavens, Lord, you
whose streams make glad the city of God. Then he says, God is in the midst of her. The mountains have relocated into the sea. God is in the midst of her. Everything around your life is falling apart. God is in the midst of her. Nothing is going according to plan. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her on time. Mountains be cast into the sea. It's a river. He wasn't conscious of the mountains or the sea. He's conscious of God in the midst of her. Paul borrows from that. Says, "For I am persuaded." Romans eight, thirty-eight. Also, neither death nor life, principalities or powers. Why am I not moved by them? Because they were created by Him for Him. They are created because they were mentioned among the things that were created. Colossians 1. So when the writer of Colossians 1, the same guy that wrote that these things were created by him, the same guy remembers that when he says these things cannot separate me. Nothing God created can separate me from him. Good or bad. So you too cannot change the tone of your sonship between good and bad. So you, 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 don't be an African child. For our citizenship, Philippians 3.20, is in heaven. It's not African. Our citizenship is in heaven. Again, that's kingdom culture in a straight line. This is our people. This is, this is for us now. This is our village meeting going on right now. This is our village gathered. Nothing can separate us. Nothing. I'm conscious of him. Neither death nor life. Principalities of powers, dominions, things past. No past. Things present. Things happening now. Things to come. Things that will come. Heights. Depths. Darkness, famine, peril, sword. Nothing. Just in case I didn't forget, I forgot to call other things. And other created things. Just in case I missed anyone out. It was created. Can't separate us. So he's not an African father that locks you up or gives you a hard time because you came back with a less good result than last year. 
He gave you your prize before there was an exam to write. And when you heard there was an exam to write, all you heard was that someone had written it and passed it and put your name on the exam sheet. So you can't say that he cheated. And you can't say that your result is not yours. Because your name is in the lamp's book of life. So when you check who wrote the exam, it's your name that is on it. So Satan can come and say, Wait, let's, let's come and accuse Sonia. How does she have righteousness she did not work for? No, no, no. Paul said you died. <laughs> Colossians 3, and your lives are hid with Christ in God. He goes on in Galatians 2 and said, For I am not was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I know that I died with Christ, but I live. And the life I now live. So he paid the price for you as you. He's a good father. You don't be, don't be a bad child. This, this, this badness, you are not getting it from your father. Your father is too good for this, your behavior. This, your behavior shows you have bad home training. You didn't pay attention. You should have better manners, son, because your father is not like this. The father is not conditional, so you shouldn't be. Your father is not erratic, so you shouldn't be. Your father doesn't treat you like a dog that only gets a treat when it obeys. You got saved and sat with Jesus. The heavenlies. Right away. That's how much he loves you. So imagine the pain in his heart when you are not conscious of him. When you carry on like he doesn't exist or like his input in your day doesn't matter. He's not going to kill you, you know, or send devourers after you. But I've told you here, do not think that his heart doesn't grieve. If he's a father, he has a heart for you. And if he has a heart for you, the heart can be glad or pleased. The heart means he's not robotic. He's not mechanical. He's a being. And I don't know about you, but all I want to do is bring me pleasure. All I want him is to sit and look at him, look at me, and say, That's my son in whom Jesus can't be the only one that's receiving that report. Jesus did not receive it glorified, it was not after Jesus resurrected. No. The report was of Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus Christ. 
The Jesus that was dying said, on the cross said, it is finished. Jesus before the cross said, I finished the work. I showed you in church consciousness. He had not even reached the cross. He prayed in John 17 and said, I finished the work you sent me. <laughs> now, now, right now, glorify me with the glory. So he was referring to the cross to his dying as glory for finishing the work before the cross. He says, I finished the work. I've done what you've sent me to do. What did he send you to do? To show you the path to imitate. I said, that's what Jesus did. And that's what, what Jesus did bulk of what, what he did, did happen before he died. That's why he could say, I have finished the work. And he said, I finished the work before he went to die. He prayed that prayer before he went to the garden of Gethsemane. Well, that's instructive. So finished. Now glorify me. Mindful of his father. Mindful of his sonship. The fatherhood of God. His heart moves towards you. For God so loved, right? His heart, his heart moves towards you. His heart beats for you. So as much as songwriters have reversed it, you know, songwriters have distracted us from who God is to us by getting us fixated on who we think we should be to him. My heart beats for you. No. You should receive consciousness that his heart beats for you. Then your heart will know how to respond. If we show you who he is to you, it will evoke response. So when you see the behavior of somebody in the, in the faith, that person's behavior is a reflection of who they think God is to them. Because every, listen to me, God is the only one, I've said this for decades, there is nobody that can say they loved as a first. Nobody. Every love in the earth is a response. Every love in the earth expressed is a response. Every. No human being can claim Something triggered the love. Or someone. Somewhere. Only God loved us at first. We have love in the earth now because God loved. So he's the progenitor. He's the wellspring. He's the source. Somebody running from God, they don't believe God loves them. They believe God is out to get them. So I repeat, everybody's behavior in the faith is a reflection of their perception of God. 
regardless of what they say, what they preach, what they sing, what they type. I don't give a toss about your song, your preaching, your speaking, or your typing. Your WhatsApp status does not impress me or depress me. What you do is who you are. And who you are is a reflection of your ideals, your perception. Who you are is what you really believe. Because you can release that today. As I said it, Jesus quoted it. These people draw near to me with their lips. But their hearts are where? Somebody sent me a message recently. Who, are, who then are the people that Jesus will see on that day? Depart from me. You walk out of iniquity. I know you not. And I told the fellow, I said, what's the last three words you just said? He said, what? I know you not. How does that sound like people that God used to like and love? And they used to have relationship and then God now decided to throw them away. Should have said, depart from me. I'm tired of you. Scripture cannot say to you, walk out of iniquity, when it turns around and calls these vices and says, such were you. People that never believed. That's why they are called, worker of iniquity. We, when they mention iniquities, they say to us, such were you. But you were bought with a price. He cannot bought us with a price and then turn around and say, I don't know you. Who, who, who did you bought? Your eyes were closed. Did you open the carton till you got home? Who did, who did you buy with a price? And we say, glorify God with your bodies, but you were bought with a price. You were redeemed with a price. You will be lying ever say to me, Alexander Victor, I know you not. The day he lies is the day we will topple his government as God. A liar cannot rule us as God. Hey, what we will do? We will make Babel a joke. This thing we will build. It will reach heaven, wherever it is. And we will tear it down. One lie! I'm out, me. I'm out. God, one lie. One. I see one lie. One. I'm out. There's no time to waste on nonsense that is not real. And so that's why I study the scriptures carefully. It's not what somebody said. I cannot be satisfied in my quest to rightly divide the word of truth by what somebody said. You don't know me. But while we were yet sinners, you died for us. When we were enemies, do you know what it means to be enemies of God? I explained it to you in the UTG series too. Enemies of God. Enemy. Died for you. Saved you, justified you, gave you peace with God. 
Then turn around. And say, I don't know you. And then you interpret it with your Nigerian mentality of a boyfriend, girlfriend breaking up. Say, yes, please, please, I don't, I don't know you, who are you? No. Not my God, not my father. Not my, it's not my boyfriend. Not my girlfriend. It's not my wife, it's not my husband. He knows me. The, the whole thing of him being God is that he knows me. He told Jeremiah in chapter 1, before I formed you, I knew you. He says, he says your ways are ever before me. And David will stand and say, you know the number of my days before the first one came to be. Psalm 139. I think it was one says, Lord, you, you search me and you know me. You know my rising up and my sitting. I'll put it up, Psalm 139. Lord, you have searched me and known me. Verse 2. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. Before a word is on my lips, you, you complete. Go next verse. Before a word is on my lips, verse 4. There's not a word on my tongue, this translation says, but behold. Before the word forms, you know it all. Oh no, he knows me. The day God starts disowning his children, my father becomes a better God than him. Make sense? We that know our God. We that are conscious. Because honestly, the, the, the new creation in Christ Jesus have to remember who is behind it. Like I said, it's not what you think, say, single preacher type. It's what you do. And you look at God and you are in honor of Him. And no human circumstance is enough to disconnect your honor. So when we're praying, we pray. We're singing, we sing, I'm playing. I play with my entire heart. It doesn't matter where I am or what type of day it is. Your worship is off. Your prayer is off. Your excitement, your Exuberance is off because of a circumstance. You should be as constant as his love for you. So we can't be circumstantial with our fellowship and our devotion. God is real and he's your father. God is real and he's your father. God is real and he's your father. conscious of him the more conscious of him you are the less you will grieve him the less you will grieve him the more conscious of him you are the less you will grieve him the less you grieve him the more you mature the more you mature the more the possibilities that open up to you 
certain things. I didn't come to that possibly. I didn't finish possibility consciousness, but there are possibilities that are linked to the level of your growth. If you have a diploma and you see on LinkedIn or you see online that there is an opening for a PhD holder, there's no amount of prayer you want to pray. Do you understand? Carry the form, put it, put your phone on top, open port beam. Be playing, be playing possibility consciousness. Because that possibility is linked to a certain capacity that you lack. And in this terrain of capacity, hear me carefully, in this terrain where possibility is linked to capacity, favor doesn't speak. In the terrain where possibility, a certain possibility is linked to a certain capacity, favor doesn't speak. Favor speaking will be violating the universal kingdom principle of not giving you what you can't handle. So don't be part of people that just coast around and feel like I have the victory. What is mine is mine. What is yours will not come. Because that possibility is tied to a certain capacity you have refused to develop. So the more mature you are, the more the capacity you have, which means the more the possibilities you can leverage. Does that make sense? Be more conscious, disrespecting less, growing maturity more, and larger capacity stepping to heighten the possibilities. That's the formula. Because you can't disrespect God and enjoy the best of Him. Not because He withholds it, but because you will see. You won't even see it. There's still something as responding to the rhythm of his heart. Oh, there is. Oh, there is. Oh, there is. There's still something about songs that please God and God being delighted with them. And songs that don't please God and God being grieved at them. Read Paul's letters. Pick all of Paul's letters. Start concentrating on the last chapter. Maybe some of you skip it because you think it's greeting. You know, the household of Stephanas. You know, greeting the leader and the church. And you find there's nothing, nothing here. Go and read again. There's so much discipleship instruction you will come into. Paying attention to the last chapters of all Paul's letters. How Paul closes his letters. Start from Romans 16. Paul closes his letters. The things that he props up and the things that he tears down in people by name. It was not, Paul was not speaking in code. A.G. did me wrong. May the Lord not do. He will call your name. Amanios, Alexander the coppersmith. He will call your name. Go and beat him. All these ones were good to me. See, especially great guys for me and the church in his house. They were good to me when I was in Rome. You see, Paul exercises his apostleship by highlighting the beautiful moments and the ugly moments. So, yes, there's such a thing as playing to the rhythm of God's heart and despising it because you're tuned to a different channel. 
O son of God, be mindful of your father. Not out of fear, but out of love and reverence. Out of love and reverence. Love and reverence. And then it cascades to everybody around you. It does. It does. Cascade to your relationships. They become richer. Because you are conscious. I was having this conversation just with Lady Church just a few days ago. I said, you, you, you can't be, and I'm talking to everybody now, you can't be, you know, most one of the things I've noticed that is our struggle as Africans, especially around here, it's difficult for you to let somebody put a thought in your mind that wasn't there before. It's also difficult to influence you to drop the perception of the thoughts you manufactured for yourself. Basically, zero influence zero external influence on your thought. And if you are a product of your own exclusive thought, you're not going far. Because you cannot think up everything you need. I repeat, you cannot think up everything you need. There's something you need that is embedded in the council someone you ought to be looking up to and paying attention to. That's the way the kingdom is designed. That's the way church functions. Yes. Titus would have just sat there pastoring the small home church was pastoring and not known that he needed to man on the ambitions. Paul says, hey, that's what I left today. What are you doing? Because don't forget, Paul is writing a letter. It's not a phone call. Paul is in prison writing a letter to Titus. Say, hey, from verse 5, this is why I left you in Crete. In other words, he's jolting his memory. So, in all the churches in the island, the Titus have just been in one, content to be doing what a life. Are you following me? Until Paul's letter. He says, this is why I left you in Crete. Go around all the pastors everywhere. Because what are you doing sitting in one place? Letter. It's not a phone call. By the time Paul writes it, and they find a ship going that way that takes it, docks it, and then somebody takes it by chariot or whatever, and eventually gets to Crete, to the actual church where Titus is. We're looking at months. You know that time, what is Titus doing sitting there in one church? Paul says, That's why I left you in Crete. Timothy is struggling in Ephesus. They are giving him a hard time because he's young. Until he received external instruction, do not let anybody despise you because you are young. You'll be bold and diligent in all things, in thought, in speech, in action. Then he comes together because external counsel came, even though this is the same Timothy, that the same Paul says from when thou was a child. Thou hast known the Holy Scriptures to make you wise unto salvation, which is in Christ Jesus, and yet you needed a Paul. You still needed a Paul. Don't let anyone despise your youth. Study. Paul was telling one man, study to show yourself approved. Study what? Study what? That you have known since you were, since you were a child. That you have wisdom unto salvation in Christ Jesus that I acknowledge. This is the same Timothy that Paul is telling the Philippian church. I have nobody I can send to you that can show you my ways. Like Timothy. 
But when Paul is speaking to the same Timothy, he says, study Divide this word. And then Paul is obviously seeing that Timothy is potentially lacking in manifestation of spirituals. So they stir up the gift that came upon you by the laying on of hands. What comes upon you by the laying of hands? The spirit. So when he says stir up the gift, what was referring to? Spirituals. You can't think of everything you need. God is not stupid to put somebody above you. Some of you trust your brain so much that you despise the structure of the kingdom. So if your mind cannot be influenced, your capacity will not be realized. Does that make sense? We have to be able to influence you. Stretch your capacity. Stretch your capacity. You can't think of everything you need. You're not that smart. You're not, you're not that smart. If you're not listening to the impulses of the Spirit of God's heart, there's so much you'll be missing. I'm hoping that favor, favor doesn't speak where capacity is required. You know, religious church has sold those lies. That's why they're the only ones that have made money. Have you noticed? Only the bishops, the big shops, the art big shops. Why are they the only ones that are rich? The ones that are rich, why can they not say it's the preaching that made them rich? They pursue their business. It's not oil on their head that brought their money, that opened the company. It's not. Someone had a business idea. Somebody met a business partner. Fever, hey, can you handle this? Fever sets you up for what process has rendered you for. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's true. Not the witchcraft favor that the church has been selling for centuries. Favor sets you up for what process has rendered you for. Favor doesn't trump capacity. Favor sets you up for what process has rendered you for. God is too loving to entrust people's lives to you in favoring you when he knows you have no capacity for it. What kind of God is that? What kind of God is that? Carry will I give you to lead, to pastor, to be their boss, or their teacher, or their husband, or their wife, or their business partner, or benefactor. You have not been processed for it. It's a favor. Let's look at it according to scripture in a straight line. Fever doesn't jump, doesn't trump capacity. So you have, have a diploma, we're looking for a professor in the university. I don't care if you are the one that rose Jesus from the dead. Because some things are too sensitive for you to learn on the job. They'll give the doctor a corpse first from a pathology department. Cut it open, let's see. Stitch it back. Yes. Yes. Because it's until you cut open the human being. You have not cut open the human being. A rat is not a human being. A frog is a human being. A lizard is a human being. That's what pathology is all about. Hey, you cut it open. Let's see how you do it. Could you find the liver? Were you researching? Because if he's if if a life person, you see dumb things like the guy is not so just leaving his spatula or his scissors or his capital inside somebody's belly. Oh, yes. 
Say, oh, I was, I was the least qualified. In fact, I was hardly in medical school. But the Lord, you and the Lord should be jailed. That, that your Lord, that your Lord. That one. You know, that one of them. To lock both you and the Lord up. He's suspended. With all kinds of wickedness and witchcraft. Because people are claiming favor of the Lord. So you want to walk in the fullness of possibilities, honest? Ah, submit yourself to process. Be father conscious, conscious of He who expands your capacity to the measure that you are fixated on Him, becoming as He is. Beat to the rhythm of His heart. Pay attention to counsel. Honest opportunities. See, when you know something, you know it is not favor. So I'm not believing God to do something that I, I have capacity for. So most times that we're looking for what we can't handle is because we have not processed capacity for it. So you start to covet. Start to have big eye and big appetite. If you have a large appetite for something that is eluding you, look within. You don't have capacity for it. Stop praying. Pay attention to your capacity and your attitude. Fix it. Something is too big for you now. It's not because it's too big for you. It's because you are too small for it. Capacity. So he will not remove you. have a ton waiting for you. For you as a thousand kilo. A kilo is roughly about the weight of a liter. Yeah, in physics. One kilo roughly weighs about the same as one liter of liquid. So if you have a ton of what you're believing God for, let's say that's a thousand kg, which is a thousand kilos. A thousand liters. And then you go, okay, God, you know, what you have in store for me is 1,000 liters. Just give me 10. You're not getting it. But you grow up to one ton. Because there are some things that if we break and stagger, the cumulative effect that you have on God's creation will be lost. Ah, There's a lot to teach. Do you understand what I'm saying? Cumulative effect. Stagger, you know what I mean? Stagger something. I'm giving you installment. I want to give you one million. I'm giving you 10 10k, 10 10k, 10 10k, 10 10k, 10 10k, 10 10k. Even if I'm giving you 10k every day, by the time it's done, you'll not have been able to do with one million in 10k tranches what you would have been able to do with one million in one go. So now you must determine whether you want 10 10k for daily survival or whether you want to build capacity to be God's resource person. And to be the latter, you must stretch your capacity. Because those transactions come to people that are God conscious. People that are father conscious. Because you see, son consumption consciousness people only enjoy the benefits of sonship. They have zero clue of the responsibility that follows. Now, if somebody will represent God, it will not be somebody fixated on benefits. Somebody fixated on God's responsibility. So enjoy your sonship. But the big transactions will be given to sons who can be responsible for their father's business. Not sons who just eat and drink and enjoy life because they are the righteousness of God in Christ. This is the difference between the heavy hitters and the small timers in the kingdom. 
even though both of us can be sounding alike and making the same Facebook post. What are you willing to lose? Not what are you willing to gain? Yes, sonship, fatherhood, consciousness of God's fatherhood translates from sons wondering what am I happy to lose? What am I happy to count as loss? The excellency of the gospel. Not what am I wanting to grab because I am no victim. So it's not in I am no victim, you know, I live with a vision, you know, God is my father. I should not wonder. Yay, you're wondering, eh? <laughs> Uh, so a lot of us are calling sonship but we're living in the realm of survival because we're not conscious of our father so we're not handling the things that come with those that are responsible why is it that when it's time to hand over a business the father suddenly remembers that he's not age he suddenly remembers responsibility who has been interested in this business has been coming along. Who will say that? Let me go with you to the office. Who wants to spend his midterm break in his father's shop? Check out these evil guys that did not go to school. Check out their children that are in private schools you can't afford to go. What they are paying for their children's primary school. By the time you finish your degree, master's, and PhD in Nigeria, you will not reach what they are paying for one session. Driving some old 2003 Corolla. If you saw the house they are driving out of with that cooler, it was the house they built in their village before coming to build the one you can even trace. And that shop, they've not changed the roof for 25 years. When the race will just blow one bucket to the And you look at this guy is a trader. Okay. And then you see these guys and their kids close from these private schools. Come straight to the shop. And they're behind the counter. They have been discipled. Because at this point, the PS4 Pro you have at home will not bring you the business when I die. The holiday you enjoy in Dubai every summer will not equip you to keep this afloat when it's your turn. Don't be fixated on benefits. When it's time, we'll not be looking for who was the fastest player of Mortal Kombat to determine who the Ansons will be. You know what I mean by Andrea? Juku Merije and Sons. When it's time for the Sons, it's not the one that used to spend the most money. Here's with him, Romans 8. If indeed we suffer with him, I think it's verse 16. If indeed, if indeed we suffer with him. Yes, 17, next verse. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed. Ah. That I may know him, Philippians 3.10, I believe. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering or to partake in his suffering. Let's see how the TPT puts it. Three and ten. And I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus more fully. And to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. I will be one with him in his sufferings. And I will be one with him in his death. 
message. Is this New Testament? <laughs> I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally. Experience his resurrection power. Ooh, look at that. And go all the way with him to death itself. Be a partner with him in his suffering. So it's not just benefits. That is not the full gospel. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. All your sins are forgiven. True. You are justified. True. You have eternal life. True. You can never be condemned. True. You can never be lost. True. All things are yours. True. But not all things will be yours. If you don't carry your cross in the faith. Not your cross for the faith. If you don't rise up to the responsibilities of sonship that come with being conscious of him as your father. Think father yourself. Someone is responsible for that. And as you grow, he expects responsibility of you on account of your consciousness, your fixation. The fact that he's my father. He's real. Yeah, your entire life will change. Your convictions will deepen. Persuasions will be robust you know I'm not just serving an abstract God. It's my father. And he loves me and the least I can do is reciprocate that love with everything I am. I beseech you therefore, brethren, in view of the mercies of God, right? That you present your bodies as to offer one living sacrifice yourselves. Let there be a consciousness returning to the church of Jesus Christ about the father of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? <laughs> Let there be a consciousness. We are so fixated on Jesus. We are so fixated on Jesus Christ, our sonship, our elder brother. You have forgotten the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God and Father of our Lord Jesus. Paul will always run these two together. God and Father of our Lord. Always emphasizing the progenitor. God. There can be no sonship without father consciousness. There can be no sonship without father consciousness. There can be no sonship without father consciousness. Remember the father today. Let that consciousness remain with you from today. Remember the father today. And let that consciousness remain with you from today. And this is a teaching of love, you know. Let the consciousness return to you of him as your father. Let the consciousness stay with you. You know, we must, we must honestly repent of what we have made the grace of God into. No matter how cool you were with your earthly father, there are certain things you couldn't do. You couldn't do some things. You would interrupt him. You won't walk out on him. You won't stroll in and out on him when he's talking. Because you and your father are very friendly. Somehow you had an innate sense of respect and honor and reverence. Innate, even if he didn't have to teach you. He just knew. No matter how cool. And this is your earthly father that, that God calls evil at the best of your father. Jesus 
says, if you because he says, which of you have a child asking for egg, give him a snake, or bread, give him a scorpion? And then all of them were like, nah, come on, man. No, no, none of us. Come on, he door. And says, if you are evil. So in the light of how good God is, your best dad is evil. My father is evil. This is consistent in a straight line. We let all let God be true. Only God can be true. You know, only God can be true. There will only be one truth per time. There's no parallel truths. The point I'm making is you honor your dad. You honor your mom. And, and they did not save your soul. They have not existed from the beginning. All they gave you was birth in life. And they, their hope was train up a child. Yeah, that's the popular hope. Even parents that did nothing. See, the Bible says they don't know where it is in the Bible. <laughs> the Bible says, train up a child. Yeah, I've done my bit. What did you do, man? Of course, there are parents that have been fabulous and have trained us in the way we should go. Some of them loved you into it, some of them beat you into it. Some of them use love to beat you into it. <laughs> Some of them use beat to love you into it. <laughs> yes. Who is lie come today? Oh, what? Wake up. Why are you sleeping? That's a slap. Till glorious, you continue holiness. Fearful. Victor, stand up. See, <laughs> remember that, and they will enter the the song in the same syllable they left. They're doing uh, in wonders, hallelujah. <laughs> so get up, glory. Go and wash your face. No power. <laughs> Whole life chaperoned me in history. All of that pales in comparison with the Father's love. And if that didn't show you his love, enough not just for you to enjoy it but honor it, then you learned nothing from your enemy parents. Because if you had a good one, they were a foreshadowing of God. Hear me, if you had a bad one, they were a foreshadowing. One showed you a glimpse of what his love was like. Another took time to instruct you what God will not be like. So there's no useless spirit. I showed you two sides of God. How it can be your father unconditionally. And how he can never be as vindictive. As they were. You can never be as disengaged as they were. You can never be as absent as they were. You can never be as abusive as they were. You can never be as manipulative as they were. They showed you him. And the good ones foreshadowed him. 
So when you say it's not your husband, I'm not going to be here. Are you letting it Be conscious of the Father. No earthly Father comes with me. Be mindful of his love, his existence, his tangibility, his reality. Be mindful that he sponsored his children. Therefore, it's worthy of all the adulation, all the adulation, all the adoration, all the reverence, all the worship, all the devotion, all the consciousness, all the deliberateness. Because most of us don't have a problem outside consciousness. That's all. You just remember after the fact. After the fact. Oh, I didn't think about it. How long would you keep going? Without thinking about it. Oh, I didn't mean it. How long would you keep not meaning? When Jesus said, that's the problem. Do you take him seriously? Because he said, Do not swear by the heavens because it's God's law. Do not swear by the earth because it is false. Do not swear by the sun, moon, and stars. He says, Rather, let your yes be yes. And let your no be no. That's what Jesus said. If you believe it, practice it. Let your yes be yes. Practicing is consciousness. So if your S is yes, I know it's no, you can't keep saying, I didn't mean it. Because what you're saying is we shouldn't be able to take you at your word. Or I didn't mean it that way. I didn't mean it how it sounded. Any of those annoying apologies, I'm sorry if what I said came across as. You might as well just not apologize. Just let me love you and forgive you. Let's just be going. I'm sorry if what I said. I'm sorry if how I acted. So you're apologizing for the effect of what you said and did, not for actually what you did. Such that you will repent of it. See what you mean. You can't keep living after the fact. Not thinking until it's done. You can't keep living and saying, I don't know what came over me. You understand? Once or twice in a particular circumstance is understandable. But you can't keep living your life by, I don't know what came over me. You have a problem. You're not conscious of your father. You know, he says in Zephaniah 3, I think 17, God over you is mighty. Speak over you his love, he will rejoice over you with singing. God's joy is to delight in you, he will rejoice over you. He will quiet in you with his love, he will rejoice over you with singing. He delights in delighting over you. And you want to be mindful of it. That's when your relationship with God becomes rich because you're sensitive to him. You can't have a conscience by the Holy Spirit and His respected Father. So this is, a, this is a message of love. In love. For love. From love. Just fall in love with Him again. Think of who He is. And stay there. God is not someone that is on your mind at different times. She's the perpetual on your mind. And it's beautiful to know that you foster a direct connection with God. God. Upholding all things by the word of his power. Dwells in unapproachable light whom no one has seen or can see. Immortal, invisible, only wise is in a direct love affair with you. 
the power by which he created the universe is the power with which he loves you. You know, God doesn't love any. He loves powerfully. He loves powerfully because he loves with all that he is. That's how much he loves you. That's how crazy about you he is. People say, I'll die for you. Only one person has proved Now, if he doesn't get your affection, then the girl gets it more. The guy gets it more. My thing gets it more. A place gets it more. A condition gets it more. That you are not father conscious. You're in awe of your fatherhood. Father, like no other. And we have thrown you in our hearts as Father. We acknowledge you in our lives as our quintessential Father. Glad you came. Glad you came. Glad you came. I was hopeless till you found me. <laughs> hopeless till you found me. I'm a son because you're a good father. You're a good father. You're not ashamed to be seen with me. You're not ashamed to be seen in me. You're not ashamed to be seen as me. You're a father with no insecurity issues. A father who can share his glory. <laughs> father who can share his placement. Father who's not intimidated by the shining of his sons in the earth. Father, seek and save. Glad you came. Glad you came. To see. To seek and Soothing and comforting. 
and assure him <laughs> right there you sense him he's never absent he's not an absentee dad But Father, he's got you. He says, just see me. I got you. I got you. I love you. You are why he is God. He's God to be able to be your father. You don't have to be tough about it. I have had the best dad, it makes no difference. I have had no dad, it makes no difference. You may have had a bad, abusive dad, it makes no difference. This is all the dad there is. The father has done his bit and is gone. Uh, here's the one that's thicker and closer. And a brother. Is the one that knows you and is never against you. That's the one that knows you and is never against you. And just as you sing, your love embraces me. Take in the embrace. Bask in it. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It's mine. There's healing that you will enjoy only when you acknowledge him as father. As father of the Lord Jesus. Progenitor of your sonship. He says to somebody now, now it's time to keep your eyes on me. Says the spirit of the Lord. It's time to keep your eyes on me and no one else. Let him move you like no human being can. Let his love stir you like no man's love ever can. Let his love break you like no circumstance in the earth can. Then the gold that you are will come to light. <laughs> Let his love take you over. Uh -huh. For the rest of your life, this is how you will be conscious of the Father's love. That's all he has ever wanted to be to you, Father. Father. Thank you for being our Father. consciousness for the rest of our lives on earth as a fad that will not pass a consciousness that will not depart from us a consciousness that builds us into receiving all that is ours in you by virtue of being mindful of you as you our father we thank you for it we thank you for you. Amen. 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 Well, that's it for today's teaching. We trust it has been worth your time. 
For more of these messages from our stables, kindly subscribe to our teaching podcast at www.thebasileacommission.podbean.com or via the Podbean app on your mobile device. For inquiries and further information, kindly send us an email to info at thebasileacommission.org or find us on social media with the handles at the truth simply put or at war the church. You can also send us an SMS, call us, or connect with us via WhatsApp on plus 234-70-881-8864. Finally, if you would like to give to support the work that we do, kindly follow the Patreon link in our podcast or contact our office for details. Thank you.